Native New Life Fellowship of Anchorage presents Native New Life Radio. This weekly meeting features Alaska Natives sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Join us now for Native New Life Radio. A new life I now know And my heart all aglow Trust in Jesus Father God, we just come to you. Lord, we thank you for the cross and how you sent your son to shed his blood for us sinners. We thank you for the new life that we all have that gives us the peace that comes from you and comes from you alone. Lord, we just thank you for being with us. We ask that you be with us as we sing praises to you and testimonies of you. Again, we just praise you, honor you, and glorify you. And all God's children says, Amen and Amen. Here at Native New Life, we don't take up uh, offering, but we have Elmer's cabin in the back. If the Lord lays it in your heart to donate to this wonderful ministry, please feel free to. Those of you online, you got a, it's not a click, pick, click, give or anything, but you go to nativenewlife.org and there's a donate button, so feel free to donate to a good cause. Now it's special time, and uh, I'd like to call up uh, Edna, then Mary, then Russ and Jana, 
and Fred and Janet. You know, you um, you start off with Genesis, and you start off with the creation, and everything's good. God is saying that it's everything is good, and <clears throat> pretty soon you get to the Israelites coming up from Egypt, and and then things go south after that. It's judges, and um, it's uh, you know they they just so soon forgot. Um, what God did for them. The crossing of the Red Sea and the manna that came every morning. And You know, from that I, I think about um, myself, how I forget so easily. There was a song that we sang um, earlier that it says, um, Count Your Blessings. You know, there was a time when I really wanted to hear God speak to me audibly. I just, I felt like I just needed, I just needed God to, I just needed to hear God's voice. And so I just kept asking him, God, if you could just speak to me audibly, um, you know, that would really make me so feel like I really know you and that you're there. And he did. He sp- spoke to me audibly. And you know what he said? Count your blessings. <laughs> and I, so then after a while I began to, um, you know, when I prayed, I would, I would count my blessings. And pretty soon there was just so many blessings I, that I counted, I just couldn't even finish. You know, it would just be so many. And um, from, the, from the reading of um, the beginning of the Bible, of the five books and... Um, I ask God to give me a give me something from this, uh, something that I can understand and that I can I can actually do. Um, and what came to me was that I have to obey. I have to be obedient to the word that He He opens to me every morning, and to think that how does He you know, there's no, um, when you're reading the Bible, there's no clear, clear, um, in your everyday reading, there's nothing clear that says, do this, do that, go here, go there, you know, or anything like that. But you have to listen for um, God's, God's prompting. And um, I began to do that and to really um, want to hear, to listen, to really listen. To um, to know that I can, that God will speak to me if I listen, if I'm still. He says, "Be still and know that I am God." So I decided I was going to do that. So you know, I have my iPad in front of me in the morning, and and I just want to play this game so badly. <laughs> After I read my Bible, I'm like, oh, I'll just play it for. Five minutes, you know. <laughs> so I just decided I'll shut shut it off, and to hear God's still voice, I'm just gonna lay down on the floor, and wait. And I actually have not heard God speak to me, but I can lay there and think about what I read and pray, and um, I'm always. 
you know, wanting more of God. I want, I just want more of him all the time. And it just seems like I can't get enough of just filling me with, with him, with him, who he is. And so, um, I began to, um, understand the prompting of God and it's really um, I just feel like I'm so privileged that he has written my name in the God's book of, that it's there that he will understand what I need and you know to really walk with God is it's an incredible, incredible journey that we're on. For all of us who know God, that we can actually ask him for these things and that he will listen and, and, um, and actually prompt us to do things. So it's just, you know, I, it, was, it was like I was um, moving away from God, and so that's why I went through this, because... Um, you know, we haven't. We have our grands that are gone, and and sometimes I think that we pray for them every day, but we we have no idea where they really are, what they're doing, if they're okay. You know, I just pray for them on the bus. I pray for them in class. You know, and, and it's it's just hard to know what's happening to them, and I just felt like. I needed, um, I was moving away from God thinking that he's not going to, he's not listening to me. And this this quiet prompting that he's giving me to do things is, he is listening. He is taking care of them. He is um, moving in his own time. And I just have to be patient and be still. I'm going to sing How Great Thou Art Yuchtun. Um I never sing this song long time. Bear with me. Agayutma Ihakamasuhinga Umyakluki Unatfat Pilashri
I appreciate what we heard Edna talking about, about wondering if God hears our prayers about our children and grandchildren. Um, we've been reading the Word and faithfully, and we're um, now reading Leviticus, and that's the um, book of the law. And we've been reading about obedience. And that's what we step back and we go, what is God saying? Because there's so many laws, it's the law. And what, um, and we were reading today about infectious diseases, and I'm a nurse, and I like medicine a lot. And some of the things made sense, even now to today, you know, when we're thinking about things being infectious and separating from people. And I, I um, was thinking about obedience, and, and these people, even if they didn't understand what God was saying, they had to be obedient or they'd die. That's serious. And when we pray for our children, God hears. And I just wanted to just, I, today we got two urgent prayer requests for some young men that are in their late teens. And they were urgent that they were saying, you must pray for these young native men which we did. We prayed believing that God is hearing and that we believed strongly. We put it out to people that pray. We said, pray for these people. Bam, bam. And we had it out there and we believed. And there's people here in this room that were praying. So we are a community and we are, God wants what's good for us. And I trust the Lord. (laughs) So when we read and we hear and something comes into our lives and we're obedient, there's a blessing even when we don't understand how it's going. And we all have children out there and people and friends, and we pray believing and trusting God. I know how my life was, and when things got difficult, I turned to the Lord. My mother and father never gave up on me, and I'm a testimony of answered prayer. Praise God, as I believe all of us are. (laughs) And that's a wonderful thing, that we have that. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) We're singing right now something for um, that usually Andrew and Nida sings. And yes, um, this Sunday we were at Change Point, and we saw them coming in with their youngest daughter, Linda. She was raised in Native New Life. And we were way up there looking down, and we could see them coming in and someone very lovingly walking alongside them. It was so beautiful. And we're singing this um, in respect of Andrew and Ida. Yeah, good evening. I'm Russ Osterhaus, and I'm originally from Dillingham. And yet, yeah, like Janice says, you know, every morning, you know, before we uh, talk any kind of business, we get into the Word. Amen. We sit at the dining room there, and I look out. We're way up on top, like on a hill, so we can see Anchorage, and back here is the Chugach Mountains and the mountains by, you know, and it's just beautiful. But the most important thing is, uh, you know, I shouldn't be standing up here right now. But through the grace of God, you know, mm-hmm. you know God took alcohol, drugs, tobacco away from me over almost 33 years now. 
Amen. So I'm standing up here as a miracle. Amen. Through the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Jana and I, we get into the word. We pray for people. We pray for our immediate families. We pray for a lot of people out there struggling with the alcohol and drugs, tobacco, whatever, you know. I just went to the hospital the other day. A friend of mine, he's dying. You know, he, I don't think he's going to make it. You know, he's got, his brain is bleeding and this and that, you know. But we went up there and we prayed for him. My mother, too. She was in Wherever we yeah. go, <laughs> we go witness for our Lord and Savior. Like Fred says, you know, I have tracks also in my wallet. So I'm prepared, you know. And I always ask people. I was wondering, if you got hit by a car, do you know where you're going to go? And if they don't give me a straight answer, I tell them, I tell you what. I know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. I said, you want to get saved? Mm-hmm. I can save you right now. Because you know, we don't have no time. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, Jenna and I, we, uh, we kind of practice some different songs now. <laughs> so you guys bear with us. We're going to try this one here. It's called Heaven Came Down. It's Andrea Knight's song. <laughs> Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day Day I will never forget After I wandered in darkness away Jesus, my Savior, I met Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend he met me in need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I'm telling. He made me the darkness depart. Amen. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When I Cross the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away, and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. life from above into God family divine justified fully through Calvary's love oh what a standing is mine and the transaction so quickly was made when as the sinner I came took Offering grace to the prosper, He saved me. Oh, praise His dear name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. 
my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day heaven came down and glory filled my soul now I've hoped that will surely endure after the passing of time I have a future in heaven for sure there in those mansions sublime and it's because that wonderful day when at the cross I believe riches eternal and bless the subvernal from praise praises hands I receive heaven came down and glory filled my soul amen when at the cross the Savior made me whole my sins were washed away Amen. God bless. Amen. Well, isn't it great to be here? Amen. I tell you what, we're excited. We came back from Arizona February 1st. I tell you what, I couldn't wait to get here. I, I love it. You know, I, both my wife and I are excited about music calling and career this year. It's, it's a blessing. It really is. And I want to thank God for the name of your life. And my wife's got a verse she wants to share. Um, we want to sing, Have You Told Him Lately That You Love Him? And in Romans 5.8, it said, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Here they. Have you told him lately that you love him? Have you let him bless you through and through? Have you told him how your heart and soul would be so empty without him? The Lord could die for you. This world might end today at any moment. Nothing else can matter anyhow. Have you told him lately that you love him? Why not tell him now? Have you thanked him lately for his mercies? Have you breathed his precious name in prayer? Have you praised him for the way he changed your life completely and keeps you in his loving care? This world might end today at any moment. Nothing. 
like to see if Tom, Tom, you have anything to share? Praise God. I want to praise God today. I also like to share with you that um, what Edna was talking about is, is true. We need to all grow spiritually just the same as we grow physically. When we're babies, we, we grow and learn eat more and more and something beside milk the Bible says uh, spiritually we're babies and he said she said don't drink milk all the time you have to start eating stronger food and we need to grow 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 continually to grow until we we're at the point we fulfill Jesus commissioned what he commissioned us to do. He asked us to go out and make disciples of, of all the people. He said, teach these people his, his word, his way of life, how, how he wants us to live. And he asked us to renew our minds in, in Romans, Romans 8 to, to the way of God's way of doing things. The, the way God wants us to be. Not what the world is doing, but the way God wants us to be. And, you know, I, I learned um, not too long ago how, you know, my, my son, he, he was... Um, he, he was drinking quite a bit. And... He, he was a minister one time, and then he got, got offended somehow or another and then turned back to alcohol. And, and, you know, I was like you guys. I was worried, you know. And Jesus said, cast all your cares to him. You know, all your cares, all your worries, all your whatever is bugging you, he said to cast it on to him. Let go of it. Let him do the job. And as long as you're hanging on to it, he can't do nothing about it. I, I think I, that's what I learned to do. I finally said, Lord, my God, he's your son. You handle this. I can't do anything. I, I can't talk enough. I, I can't do anything enough to change his way or change him. And only you can do that. I, that, that, that was my prayer to him. I, I said, I can't, I can't do it. it it's, he's your son now. And I cast this care onto you. And it worked. Praise God. <laughs> he, he, he called me not too long ago, and he said, all these people want, want me to, 
do their will. They're all asking me to, to do their will, to, to do something. And he said, Jesus came to him in a dream and told him, why don't you forget about all these people and all their will? Why don't you do my will? Jesus asked him that. And he said, oh, it uh, woke him up. And he said, yeah, he, he, he told Jesus that he's not going to worry about anybody else's will no more, especially, you know, if it's not right. Praise God. I hope you learned something. I, I did. Each step of the way. Amen. I, I, I'm trying to learn the song. But I love it because it's, it's, it's following Jesus. Amen. I'm following Jesus each step of the way. Yes, I live for the moment in his love divine. Why think of tomorrow? Just live for today. I'm following Jesus each step of the way. The old pathway seemed narrow as he leads me on. Shadow, my fears are all gone. My spirit grows stronger each moment, each day. For I'm following Jesus each step of the way. Sing with me, people. I'm following Jesus One step at a time Yes, I live for the moment In His love divine Why think of tomorrow I'm following Jesus each step of the way. Praise you, Lord. Give him praise, people. Thank you, Adada Tom. My boys always call him Adada Tom. And my my son was saying the other day, um, we've known Tom since I was a little boy. Now he's a old, <laughs> getting older boy, and I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm going to ask the guitar players and my son to play on what key? On A. Again I face Satan 
this morning, and I battled him all the day long. But in my weakness, God sent reinforcements, and at sundown I sang victory song. And the sun's coming up in the morning. Every tear will be gone from my eyes. So clay's gonna give way to glory, and like an eagle, I'll soar to the sky. In a world filled with doubts and confusion. So hard when you don't understand, but I'll stand on a solid foundation, and I'll hold to an unchanging hand, and the sun's coming up in the morning. Tears will be gone from your eyes. This old clay's gonna give way to glory, and like an eagle, I'll soar to the sky. And like an eagle, you'll soar to the sky. How time goes by when you're having fun, huh? If I didn't get to you and you wanted to share, come back next week. Time goes by so fast. Uh, before Daniel comes up, we'll uh, do our native new life thing and meet and greet uh, everybody. So as I sing, where the roses never fade, get up and tell everybody to see. I am going. To a city where the streets with gold are laid, where the tree of life is blooming, and the roses never fade.
never trouble. Satan snares we must Give the word. Good evening, everyone. Today we are at uh, in our in lesson seven of our firm foundation teaching, and the title of this lesson is "Paul gave corrective teaching about the Lord's Supper." Let's pray before we begin. Don Agayan Klagmutchamiam. Our Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you. We ask for your blessings upon this teaching about your communion and open our hearts so we may understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll begin with a reading scripture from uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 20 to 32. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What what am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. 
So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with this world. Here in his letter to the Corinthians, Paul made it known that the Corinthians were not acting properly when they ate the Lord's Supper. And in the verses we just read, we will see how Paul wrote to Corinthians about the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is when believers meet to eat and drink in remembrance of the Lord's body and blood. It is called the Lord's Supper because the Lord Jesus did this with his disciples on the night he ate the Passover with them and was betrayed by Judas. When the Corinthians ate the Lord's Supper, they were acting in a manner which was unacceptable to the Lord. I'll read verses 20 to 22 again. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What, don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What I am supposed to say, do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. When the Corinthians met together to have the Lord's Supper, they began by having a combined meal. You see, you see they, they brought food and they combined the body of our Lord Jesus Christ along with the food they brought. And that is... But Paul is telling us that we are not supposed to do that. Growing up in the Moravian church, I haven't seen anybody bring potluck-style food and have communion along with it. But I guess these Corinthians were doing it, and that's very disrespectful to our Father. The members of the Corinthian church contributed whatever they could to, to the meal, and the food was to be shared among all those who were present. Naturally, the rich were able to bring better and more food than the poor could bring. However, the rich were not sharing with the poor. Those who had plenty of food were eating what they brought even before the others had arrived or were ready to eat. 
and some of them were drinking so much wine that they were getting drunk. Although the Corinthians claimed that they were obeying the Lord Jesus by remembering him in the Lord's Supper, they really weren't. Paul told the Corinthians that it was impossible for them to remember the Lord Jesus' body and blood while they were acting in this disorderly and unloving way. And they were not even uh, making a distinction between his body and common food. Paul reminded the Corinthians of what the Lord Jesus had revealed to him about the Lord's Supper. 23 to 25. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Paul did not give his own thoughts or his own ideas. Here he tells us that he taught the Corinthians the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus taught his twelve disciples about the Lord's Supper when he ate the Passover meal with them. He taught them the way that believers were to remind themselves of his body and blood. And later on that night after Jesus and the disciples had left the upper room, Judas betrayed Jesus. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke record this incident. Paul did not learn about the Lord's Supper in, the, in that upper room with the disciples. And Paul was not in the upper room that night. Paul wasn't even a believer at that time until he met the Lord Jesus on the road leading to Damascus. The Lord Jesus taught Paul about the Lord's Supper after he had become a believer. When Paul saw the Lord Jesus on the road leading to Damascus, he was blinded. He was then led into Damascus by the hand, and he remained blind for three days. And after three days, the Lord sent Ananias to restore Paul's sight. Following this, Paul left Damascus and went away into Arabia. It was probably while Paul was in Arabia that the Lord Jesus taught him about the Lord's Supper. I'm not sure about that. I'm it could have been taught to him in those three days while he was blind. Paul reminded the Corinthians what Jesus had said they were to do with the bread. Why did the Lord Jesus tell believers to take bread, break it, and eat some of it? He told them to do this so they would remember him and his body 
which he gave for their salvation. The Lord Jesus used bread because that was what the Jews commonly ate. Today we see it in different. I've had um, broken saltine crackers. I've had um, these white round I don't know what they were made of, but they melted in my mouth. <laughs> Wafers. And um, I think all I had to remember his blood was grape juice. Paul also reminded the Christians what Jesus had said they were to do with the wine. 25 says, In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Why did the Lord Jesus tell believers to take wine and drink it? He told them to do this so they would remember him and his blood, which he gave as the payment for our sins. The Lord Jesus chose wine because that is what the Jews commonly drank with their meals. And believers are to continue remembering the Lord's death in this way. I also believe his blood makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, when deceased bodies are found these days and they don't know who they are, they go to their teeth or their blood. We don't have to go that far in order to find out who our brothers and sisters are in Christ because we commune with one another and remember him as we drink. The blood that makes us his children and brothers and sisters in Christ. And believers are to continue remembering the Lord's death in this way. Already 26. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. For how long are God's children to continue doing this in remembrance of the Lord's death? We are to continue remembering the Lord's death by observing the Lord's Supper until the Lord Jesus returns to take us to heaven. It doesn't say anywhere where, how often we should do it. 
I've seen it taken quarterly or monthly. Maybe some churches do it weekly. No matter how often we do it, it is to remember his death. And that moment must be a holy moment. You see, when you consume the bread and the blood, you are not consuming Jesus Christ our Lord. He is consuming you because he died for you and I. And when we commune with bread and blood, we remember what had to be done in order for that blood to come out of his body. It wasn't poured out of a pitcher or it didn't come out of a faucet. It came out of a man who had never sinned. It was pure. And that is the only liquid, the blood that is going to make us pure along with him someday. When the Corinthians ate the Lord's Supper, they had a careless, selfish attitude. Instead of thinking of the Lord's body and blood which he gave for their sins, they were probably thinking of other things. Perhaps they were thinking of all the good food they had enjoyed before they ate the Lord's Supper. They may have been thinking that they were superior to other believers. Or perhaps they were thinking of the things of this world instead of thinking about the Lord's pure body that was broken on the cross for their sins. Would it please the Lord if believers ate the Lord's Supper with a careless attitude like that? No, that, would, that type of attitude would be displeasing to the Lord. The Lord would never, the Lord would be very grieved if believers had so little appreciation of his body and what it cost him to save them from the punishment for their sins. And some of the Corinthian believers were drunk when they ate the Lord's Supper. If a person is drunk, he is controlled by wine. Do you think the Lord would be pleased if someone ate the Lord's Supper when he was controlled by wine? No, the Lord would not be pleased if his children were drunk and ate the Lord's Supper. And Paul wrote to the Ephesians that they were not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's read what the Lord said through Paul about eating the Lord's Supper with a careless attitude. Verse 27 says, So 
anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. We must show respect for the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. A person who eats and drinks the Lord's Supper in a careless, irreverent way is eating in an unworthy manner. He is guilty of showing disrespect for the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. If an animal dies, you may not bother to bury it. Sometimes you throw its body away in the tundra. However, if a friend or a family member dies, you do not throw his body away, do you? That would be an unworthy way to treat the body of a human being and especially one you love. You don't treat his or her body carelessly and disrespectfully. You saw that you loved and respected him by wrapping him first in his blanket and then in his sleeping mat. Today it is in a coffin. We don't use old rusted out metals to make their coffins. They are shiny and painted beautifully. How would you feel if one of your family members died? And they just dragged that person around with a rope to the burial site. How would you feel? How do you think our father felt when the Corinthians were having communion like this? A person who eats and drinks the Lord's Supper in a careless, irreverent way is eating in an unworthy manner. When we come to the Lord's Supper, we should show respect for the Lord by quietly thinking about his death for us and by thanking him for his body and his blood when we eat and drink. We should prepare our hearts and minds before we eat and drink the Lord's Supper. Verse 28, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. God's children, we, we should examine our hearts to make sure that we are partaking of the Lord's Supper as the Lord commanded. He commanded that we thankfully remember his body when we eat and his blood when we drink. 
Listen now to the terrible warning given by, given by Paul. This warning was for the Corinthians, but it is also for all Christians. We need to beware lest we eat and drink the Lord's Supper in a careless, irreverent, unworthy manner, not truly remembering the Lord's body and blood. 27 to 29. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. This does not mean that Christians who are careless and disrespectful at the Lord's Supper will be condemned to hell by God. And why is that? It is because when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and I, he even paid for the sin of disrespect for his body and blood. Although the Lord will never punish believers for their, their sins, he will chastise them in order to teach them that he hates sin and to train them to become more like him in their thoughts and ways. The Lord had already chastised many of the Corinthian believers for a disrespectful way they acted at the Lord's Supper. Verse 30, that is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. Because of the Corinthian sinful disrespect for the Lord's body and blood, the Lord had allowed many to become sick and he had allowed others to die. When God's children die, the Bible says they are asleep. This means that their bodies are asleep. When they die, their spirits and souls leave their bodies and go to be with the Lord in heaven. Their bodies are asleep until the Lord Jesus returns to raise them from the grave. Believers need to judge themselves. The Lord judged and chastised the Corinthians because they refused to judge themselves. If the Corinthians had examined themselves and come with the correct attitude toward the Lord's Supper, then the Lord would not have chastised them. If they had acknowledged their sin of disrespect for the Lord's body and blood when the Holy Spirit convicted them, then the Lord would not have judged them and chastised them. They were chastised because they refused to agree with the Holy Spirit concerning the sinful, disrespectful way they ate and drank the Lord's Supper. Verse 31 to 32, But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. The Lord still chastises believers who eat the Lord's Supper in a careless, disrespectful way. 
However, those who come to the Lord's Supper examining themselves to be sure that they are thankfully remembering his body and his blood need to be afraid. The Lord has told us to remember him in this way and we must joyfully do as he commanded. You see, in the first chapter, we learned that these Corinthians were divided and they Paul Paul asks in first in the first chapter in verse 13 has Christ been divided unto factions you see as a body of Christ in its church there was there must not be any quarreling amongst us at all when we share in communion his blood must flow without any Like if I consume something and it helps my body, it's going to flow through my veins as I am one. If I cut off my arm and eat some more, what I ate won't help that arm. That cut off arm will be separate. Paul tells us, One of the ladies mentioned community. We must have the true love for one another that our Father taught us through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, it says, an agreement confirmed with my blood you see when this brings me to the times when I bought my trucks or my snow machines when I got finished paying the loan I made I signed it and they gave me the title, and it was now mine. You see, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he, like I signed that paper, he signed the paper to adopt you through his blood. If there was no blood, there would be no new covenant. That is why it is so important to have respect. Even though it's just a piece of bread that we see or a little cup with grape juice in it, 
we must visualize what he went through to forgive us of our sins. We must realize what he went through for us to be able to be with him in heaven someday. That price he paid on the cross, he paid in full. I don't know how to explain how much agonizing pain he went through. And as we commune in our our churches, in our next communion, let's not forget this. And do it to remember him. Let's pray. on Our Father, we thank you for the word that you have shared with us through Paul. And we thank you for giving us the understanding of how important it is to remember your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we commune together. How we must be united as one body and take it together in remembrance of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for all the great things that you have done for us and that you will do for us in the future. But above all, we thank you for, again, sending your Son 
we believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we know with that faith and trust in him Our trust for the cross and the resurrection and the hope that you give to us that he will someday come back for us. We remember him. And we pray that we will never forget and we pray that our children will remember along with us. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Native New Life Radio presented by Native New Life Fellowship in Anchorage. You can contact Native New Life by writing to Anchorage Native New Life, P.O. Box 231148. Anchorage, Alaska, 99523. Or visit the Native New Life website at www.nativenewlife.org. Native New Life Fellowship meets Monday evenings at 7 p.m. in the Changepoint Auditorium in Anchorage at Raspberry in Minnesota. Join us again next time for Native New Life Radio.